Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everyone. We are live from Smash Studios at Hudson Yards in New York City as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. At this hour, your real estate marketing social media strategy can make or break your business in 2020. With an overcrowded marketplace and industry, it is crucial to put your mind to the task and show what makes your business unique. Yet, throwing a few social media ideas at the wall and seeing what sticks simply isn't going to cut it. A solid, well-rounded real estate social media strategy needs to be international and rooted in the fundamentals of a sound business. It requires a proven system that puts your clients first and keeps your business front and center. We're going to talk to an expert today, Ali Rubenstein, social media director at Halstead Real Estate, and find out ways that we can be successful and make successful campaigns. Also at this hour, in case you've been living under a rock, what has the industry reeling since last week is the state's interpretation of certain language in last year's rent law, specifically that uh, under the law, the landlords must foot the bill now for commissions for their agents. uh, Though owners of high-end rental and large multifamily portfolios often pay their brokers already, the change will likely hit smaller landlords and, by extension, their brokers the hardest. There is so much more to this, and we will be following the story. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. I am Vince Rocco, and this is Good Morning New York Real Estate. In the news this morning, the Real Estate Board of New York, as I said, and the New York uh, Association of Realtors, along with several major residential brokerage firms, filed a legal complaint yesterday, uh, uh, an action actually, to halt enforcement of the state's January 31st ruling. They are asking the court to recognize the Department of State's legally Uh, illegally overstepping its role in issuing new guidance on rental brokerage commissions. James Whalen, uh, Rebney's president, said in a statement, the announcement of this new rule without warning has caused widespread confusion and havoc among dedicated real estate agents and the clients they serve. The sudden decision and the way it was made public was harmful to thousands of hardworking New Yorkers and agents in this town. While their representatives wage a legal battle, brokerages and landlords are trying to figure out whether to fundamentally change how they do business. Brokerages have been issuing mixed messages. Some have told their agents to continue business as usual, while others have urged caution. Smaller landlords are opting to take over leasing themselves or upping the rents to tenants. The full impact of the change, as uh, well, uh, much of the rent stabilization law still remains to be seen. But an update as of yesterday afternoon from that filing, uh, the New York Department of State has temporarily consented to a temporary restraining order through March 13th. The merits of the hearing will be on March 13th. Subject to updates and further announcements, it is now okay again to accept commissions from a tenant when representing a landlord. So there's going to be a lot more to come on that. Stay tuned and stay glued to your, uh, well, whatever, however you get your news, because it's been changing rapidly. Also in the news, the Crown Prince and Princess Pavlos and Marie Chantel Miller just purchased a 13,000 square foot estate in Southampton, New York, that recently closed after multiple price adjustments. A source familiar with the matter told 
the real deal last week. The Royals closed on the home for $16.5 million. That was nearly 40% below the original $27 million listing price back in 2009, according to Zillow. It was later relisted for $25.8 million in 2012 and dropped to $19 million in 2017 before rising to $22 million in 2018. Saunders and Associates had the listing and Brown Harris Stevens represented the buyer. Luxury sales in the Hamptons have struggled in recent years, echoing the Manhattan market, but a few high-end agents said last month they saw a flurry of sales, which was no surprise. The prices have come down about 30%, and things are trading. Owners are getting realistic, and buyers are feeling that it is a good time to buy. In economic news in the U.S. employers ramped up hiring in January and wage gains rebounded, providing fresh evidence of a doable job market that backs the Federal Reserve's decision to stop cutting interest rates. Payrolls increased by 225,000 after an upwardly revised 147,000 gain in December, according to Labor Department data. Last Friday topped all estimates of The Economist. The jobless rate edged to 3.6%, still near a half-century low, uh, while average hourly earnings climbed 3.1% from a year earlier. The dollar maintained gains. Yields on the 10-year Treasury were lower, and U.S. stocks declined from a record high as investors remained remained uh, focused on the potential economic fallout from the coronavirus that has now claimed more than 1,000 lives. Let's keep an eye on that. So, with a great economy, is that translating to real estate deals? Well, we'll see. And finally today, it is primary day in New Hampshire. We are marching down to the November elections fast and furious. To our listeners in New Hampshire, which we have many, please get out and vote. It's very important that we all uh, live up to our civic duties. We have special guest today, Ali Rubenstein from Halstead Real Estate. She's an experienced digital marketing specialist with demonstrated history of working in the real estate industry. She's skilled in social media, digital strategy, email marketing design, and technology. She is the social media director at Halstead and has been with the company for almost six years Yes, almost six years. Rock star. Rock star is right. Allie holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from Dickinson College, which I was kind of interested in. That's very, I almost did the same thing, but then changed. You always say in your social media stuff, who needs love when you've got locks? (laughs) I love that. You know, I think it's like, okay, fantastic. Love bagels and locks. Love bagels and locks. <laughs> there you go. Where are bagels skinny, and locks? Skinny, skinny, skinny. Uh, no, it's I, in it was not it here. <laughs> I know. We should have had it. Next I, time. Actually, I'd, I didn't think about that. I should have had it here to surprise her. I know. Anyway, nice. you know, in, in social media, people do everything on their phones today. I, I made this little presentation at a, at a, a conference I spoke at recently. People do everything on their phones today, and as such, they expect to browse, buy, and sell real estate from their, the palm of their hand as well. Technology touches every aspect of the real estate industry today. Buyers can see a bird's-eye view of a neighborhood 2,000 or more miles away through drone footage. Um, you can buy a house online without ever taking out a pen to sign a contract. Searching for a new listing is as simple as downloading an app, choosing your applica- your location, rather, and waiting awaiting um, notifications and options. So you put in what you're looking for and it, it pops up what uh, what the results are. It's kind of interesting. More than 70% of today's buyers search for homes online and 85% of real estate agents use social media to get their messages out. On social media, your voice is instantly amplified to reach around the world. You know, that that that's something that every time I read that, it really, it's, it's astounding that it's so instantaneous and it literally goes around the globe. Mm-hmm. Think of all the available platforms we have today, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
LinkedIn, just to name a few. Do you think you have seen it all? Not really, because there is so much more to come. In fact, we now have TikTok that just popped up a couple of weeks ago. And, God, I, you know, I have to tell you something. They just sent my, my son, who's 14, a sweatshirt because he has so many followers. Wow. On TikTok. He won't let me follow him. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, that's typical. I mean, that's, you know, come on, mom. You don't need to follow <laughs> me on TikTok, whatever. You know, you're, you're, you're a part of making it all happen. So, you know, when I saw this TikTok, and, of course, my 16-year-old nieces and nephews are saying to me, you know, you need to get on TikTok. I said, no, I don't, and I absolutely will not. So, you know, <laughs> my phone was down at one point, and one of my nieces actually installed the app on the phone. And when I saw that, I'm thinking, all right, well, let me look through this and see what this is all what could, about. What could it hurt just for a minute? <laughs> 20 just, minutes later. <laughs> just for a minute. And I'm thinking, first of all, it's very confusing. It should be very simple. It's very confusing. None of these apps come with directions or guidance on how to use them. Welcome to how old? Never mind. Never mind. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Not, you know what? But, but not only that, you're going to be sucked into that for like 40 minutes. And I'm telling it you. It went on for about a half an hour. And then I just, I've never opened it up again. The the, the the dopamine sort of releasing mm-hmm. that happens with kids with them viewing so many things. Like I can't even enjoy like a 12 second video because my son's moved on to another one it's really a content overload on that application and i think it's interesting that almost 70 percent of users are under the age of 30 um so that really goes to show you kind of the demographic of of that application yeah versus instagram or facebook and it's really at the end of the day um it's all about being a creator which i think is why it's it's so popular it kind of puts puts the the people who have the accounts um, in the position to create content and everyone is kind of equal. Um, but don't but but don't I agree with that 100% right. actually but you know when Instagram stories first came out I said the same thing now everybody's a film director now everybody wants to be an actor listen, in their I, own production. I have to tell right? you that my son his creativity and his sense of humor which he's innately has has been it's been an amazing outlet so i don't want to poo poo mm-hmm, it although mm-hmm. you can be sucked into it and go what did i do today oh tiktok but there but, can be artistic value like you said absolutely. and I, I and a business value i put uh, i put my appearance on the show on my instagram uh, story sean atterbury chiming in you can find me on s atterbury at instagram <laughs> speaking of social media um, there you go but i was always I'm worried i'm going to tag him right uh, now i thought you know what i thought um a couple of years ago, I thought, am I posting too much, uh, you know, like a sunset or an adventure, a ski adventure with clients or something like that? Does that make me look like I'm never working? But I think people want to see that more than me sitting at my desk. Well, they, and they, I asked myself, I said, what would Richard Branson do? Would he post? And I said, hell yeah, he would post this sunset. And he would put, because I see him on a boat, on a beach, and he's working, running companies. So it's a it's it's more the story of me. It's rather also than my insight business. to who you are and yeah. who people are choosing to do business with, yeah. because God knows they have enough choices. And you, t- I've seen you know, and, 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 and that's what I wanted to. We're going to get after the break. I wanted to ask just that of Ali because you know, aside from however many followers we all have or seek, you know, um, people wonder, and we're going to get very involved in that conversation. People wonder what the right. Uh, amount of personal stuff is versus, you know, business stuff. Should I do too much of this? Not enough of that, whatever. But we are going to commercial. I'm getting my 30 minute, my 30 second warning coming up after the break. Of course, much more talk on social media, much more talk with Ali uh, and the panel. But first, this is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We are coming right back. So don't go away.
Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We are all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. And joining us today is Anna Shagalov from Halstead, Sean Atterbury from CORE, Louise Phillips-Forbes from Halstead, Mike Lubin joining us for the first time today from Brown Harris-Stevens and Ali Rubenstein as we introduced her a minute ago, uh, social media director from Halstead Real Estate. So, Ali, let me let me ask you this. So, people dream of growing their Instagram numbers to 1,000 followers or, or actually even more uh, in a matter of days. They think overnight you're going to have multiple followers. You know, uh, as if... You know, a ton of followers are, you know, the, the, you know, the, the dream. Let's be real, though. Growing on Instagram requires effort, time, and it doesn't matter if you have 400 subscribers or 400,000. It's, I guess, you know, what you're putting out there or the content out there that is the best. So what, what is this 
drama about having to have the most followers? Well, I think people get a little bit too caught up in the numbers and it takes their concentration away from the actual content and engagement and, you know, really paying attention to your audience and your community that you are a part of in this space. And I would say don't even focus on the number of engagement that you get on a post. I mean, Instagram just removed likes. So, um, but I still get them. I mean, is it across the board? So they're doing kind of A-B testing right now. So a percentage of Instagram users actually aren't able to see likes and then a percentage are. But um, I think we're going to touch on trends in 2020. And I think that this year we will see that likes will be removed altogether. Because what I hear, you know. It doesn't make kids feel very good. Not that it's about business. No, psychologically, it's really, really difficult when you're not doing well and you see someone else performing really well in that space. Psychologically, it's kind of, it takes it away from the content and we need to focus on And regardless of the age group, I hear at least two times a day, and this is not an exaggeration, from any age group. Well, I guess my story didn't trend well because I didn't get a lot of likes on that. And it's, you know, and and I sit there and I think, well, I mean, who cares? Right. You know? Because because people oh, a, a lot more people see your stuff they're just not hitting like, and right. it's the same on Facebook. You know, sometimes I'll get a like from somebody who hasn't liked anything of mine in five years, and you know they're watching everything, but that just struck them. And there are some people who I know personally, near and dear, who just are not into liking stuff. They just right. don't. They so follow, we, but they don't like. Oh, they're called haters. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's it. You go. Wait, so, so you can actually like somebody's, you just can't see other people's likes. So, yes, there's a percentage of people yeah. on Instagram With that actually things. aren't able to see how many likes someone other, else has received. I don't you can like always see how many actually, likes you have received, great. but I think psychologically yeah. it's moving the application in the right direction. Yes. It's it's not an accurate okay. metric to gauge how successful you are, and that's why stories you're going to see booming. I mean, they already are, but in 2020, that's really the best way to kind of humanize your account and really interact with people on, on a human level in, in, is in Instagram stories versus your actual feed. Um, and that's really a better way to gauge your success. All right. On the heels of that, that was my next question. So what is the best use of stories on Instagram? And of course, whatever you post on stories on Instagram, you can just send over to Facebook. But, you know, you want to promote a live event, you want to promote anything, a listing you want to promote, a party that you went to, whatever it may be, what is the best use of stories? Because, you know, as a lay person, when it comes to social media, although I am on it pretty frequently, I do notice, though, that some people are all over the road, Ali, all over the place, all over the map on stories. A lot of it doesn't make sense. And if I sit there and I think about the intent of stories, it's to tell a story. And as I said earlier today, everybody wants to be their own filmmaker. Everybody wants to be their own, you know, director. I don't. Well, but, but you know, I do and I don't. I want Allie to and, do and, mine. And that's why I'm all... <laughs> I was just say <laughs> well, there you go. But Allie, what, what is the real use, the best use of stories and, and how do people accomplish being really good at it? Well, I think everything that you just said, um, events, promotion, behind the scenes, but... Stories are great for kind of developing your brand and and each of you have your own individual businesses and it's the best avenue to kind of display who you are Mm -hmm. to kind of get trust in your followers and your community and and being honest and open and transparent in this industry in that space is is kind of underutilized. I feel like people use stories and they really focus on the content, but I want to see you and 
and your face and your brand. And I want you to talk to me about what you're doing and what your business is. And I, I work with a lot of great real estate agents that, that do that, but I want to see more of that in, in the year to come, really showing who you are. You know, um, I have two accounts. I have a personal account and I have a team account. And my personal account, it's no holds barred. I just do whatever I want. We've we've talked so much amongst our team and what, what kind of image we want to present. And we look at other team accounts, other successful team accounts. And th- it's like monochromatic. They, have, they use the same filter. All the images look the same. There's no life to them. And we struggle with, well, do we want to? And those, those teams are very successful and say that they have this, you know, they have a good following, but they say they get business from it. But like, well, that doesn't seem... Um, genuine to me and, and, you know, posting things and stories about who we are as individuals in our team, I, I think is just so much more transparent than, you know, the single filter um, image of every living room you've sold. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. But we were talking before and, and Sean mentioned something a minute ago too. It's, you know, it's that combination of and, and this is where I'm asking you, Ali, you know, what is the right mix? The combination of your personal life and your business life, because quite frankly, and I've said this, you know, to, to people off the show and even on the show, when I get inundated with real estate stuff, I turn off and I just skip and I stop looking at the stories because a lot of people don't do it well. Right. And they, I'm, they're, they're showing me skyscraper after skyscraper, no address, no, no, no particular meaning behind what that image is all about. And I'm just like, next, next, who cares? So, you know, I always try and think about how do you blend who you are? Right. to what your business is, the and best I, I way. Have, Absolutely. Go ahead. I have an interesting uh, sort of vignette. First of all, I'm so grateful to be here with this <coughs> group. These are my most respected colleagues in the business. Happy to have I'm you. Vince, I'm, Welcome. I'm very grateful to be here. Um, so I try to find that balance between business and personal. So I only have a personal Facebook and Instagram because I haven't really ever determined, you know, sort of what belongs where. So I kind of felt like I wanted to unify it. And I think probably like the other people in this room, being authentic is sort of the number one goal in my business. And if someone's not going to hire me because they're seeing me on a trip or, you know, me being who I am, it's probably not the right fit. Mm -hmm. And this last weekend, I was actually getting a tattoo and it became part of my story. And that was the most like right, story let's see I've it. ever had. Cough up. <laughs> You're reading my mind. It's like, okay, what's next? Right. <laughs> this is radio. This is a, this is a yeah. family show here. Let me see. Hold around. on. There's one right there. Yeah. I see it. It's uh, oh my god. I was so say, like, I, sexy. Obviously, I follow you, and you're, you're you're very authentic on your on your site because you're very you show your tattoos, you show your travels, you show some of the really cool things that you do, and you also show like. Well, thank you for saying that because I feel like that balance is so critical, and I. I feel that when, especially when brokers are sort of trying to present like a fancy yeah, lifestyle, not real. that doesn't work. It's you not know, real. We want to be real and relatable and, you know, hopefully find that blend. I think it's nice when you see someone's family. First, I actually, Louise, I have to say you are so wonderful at that. Like, I feel like I know your children because <laughs> exactly. of how you share them, Exactly. You Thank know, you. In such Thank a dignified, you. beautiful way. But Ali, how can people do better at that? Because I agree with Mike. Louise's stuff is the same. I try lately what I've been doing is completely mixing it up. I love all your food. Well, here's the thing. You know, I've been putting everything non-real estate related and not even in any semblance of, of any kind of story pattern. And what I'm finding over the last two weeks, I do this every once in a while, hundreds and hundreds of people look at it. Versus if I put something real estate related, yeah. I might get 50, 60, you know, whatever, 100 maybe. But 
hundreds this past week, and I have not been consistent with anything. Food, this, missing my dog, you know, whatever it's been, and people are like all over it. And I'm thinking, well, I got to ask Ali about that because I don't even know if that's the right thing that's to do. because you're a good cook and you had a really cute dog. Well, <laughs> yeah, thank you on the dog. Anyway, but what? But how do you do the? How do you do the the, the right thing? Well, I think it it all comes down to having a strategy and to knowing who your audience is. In addition to that, knowing what your brand is and really being able to define what is your brand. I really like to ask some of the agents that I work with. Um, if someone were to ask you who you are, um, you should be able to describe what that is in a few sentences and pinpoint maybe five to 10 points of interest. Elevator pitch, we used to call it in corporate. <laughs> exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Five to 10 points of interest that define who you are. Real estate just being one of those 10 points of interest and really developing a strategy to engage with all the different types of people in your audience. And I think that that's exactly what you're doing, Vince, by kind of not focusing so much on the real estate related content, which I like to call hard sell content. Yeah. You're not selling your audience you know you're engaging your community with your interests and kind of igniting an emotional response with the people Mm -hmm. that you're connected to that's really what it's all about and what I, I just wanted to say Mike I checked out your page and what I really respect is that when I visit your Instagram page, I see your face. And that mm-hmm. is so awesome because mm-hmm. so many Instagram accounts are just, you know, like you said, skyscrapers and landscapes and beautiful kitchens. But I see you. Well, so and, if we have a coming soon listing, if we're showing a beautiful property, put yourself in it. Yes. That right. is the story. Exactly. You, know, you are selling yourself, there. you're marketing yourself and your properties. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what marketing is all about, and right? Have fun with it. Like, I feel like be playful with it. If you take it too seriously, I think that comes across. Like yeah. Combing and the rug, I love that. In your story, <laughs> that's right. What was that? What? I no. was combing a rug at a photo shoot because the fringe was tangled, you know. <laughs> and, it's like, we, and we all do that. He's a small but, overachiever. Yeah. Don't go yeah, into but, his closet, but, okay? It'll no, be but very all, shaming. But we, all, but we all do that. And so other people watching that, I would get a chuckle out of that because saying, oh, there he goes. Oh, I'd be doing the same thing, right? <laughs> That's great. It's what you do. Mm-hmm. So some of the most powerful brands, you know, create experiences that help your followers understand what your brand truly stands for. How do you create that million dollar brand without spending a million dollars? And I think you touched on that a bit by putting yourself out there and putting your face out there, tying it to whatever your message for that day is. And as I just explained before, I think your message of the day can be anything. Right. I think it, it all comes down to storytelling. I think Instagram, instead of just focusing on the visual, visual the copy and the message and your voice that you pair with that visual is equally as important. It's about telling stories and engaging people with those stories. So I think that, you, I mean, you can have a million dollars, but if you don't have a good story to tell, you're not going to get that yeah, engagement. You can't, you can't try to appeal to everybody. You're just not going to. I mean, to Mike's point, if somebody doesn't like my story and they don't like my authentic self, then we're probably not a good fit anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about stories plus Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever else is out there. We are live from Smash Studios here in Hudson Yards in New York City. We are You are listening to uh, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. I'm Vince Rocco. We're coming back with Good Morning New York Real Estate. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We are all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back. Um, So, Ali, what I wanted to do is focus a little bit. I mean, I know that I just got finished saying that I think our personal life, you know, should be exploited a little bit as well. But bringing it back to real estate, because that's who we all are, and that's what our listeners um, are here to, to hear. So, what do you think the best use of social media is for the real estate agent? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it, you know, LinkedIn? Is it TikTok? Is it, you know, whatever else is out there? And I don't even know what else is out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you missed the TikTok conversation. You didn't miss anything. Don't worry about it. If you ahead. ain't talking, you ain't doing nothing. Yeah, you're not, you got to talk. You got to talk, sweetie. You got to talk. I would really say brand awareness um, and gaining exposure and really kind of engaging your, your niche community, whatever that may be, whether you are, are vegan and you really tap into that community in the Instagram space or you have a background in design and art or photography. It's kind of fitting in in, uh, real estate with whatever industry that you are passionate about and really just kind of hitting home um, and focusing on that niche scale, whatever it may be. So does it make sense to kind of take your brand or whatever you're creating content-wise and kind of stretch it across all the platforms or just sticking to one? I think if you're starting out on social media, stick with one and really master how to use that really, really well instead of spreading yourself too thin. But I would say because real estate is such a visual industry and video is booming right now, 
that um, Instagram is really the platform to be. Also, in addition to that, uh, LinkedIn is a great platform. LinkedIn is so understated, I think. It, it really, really is. is an amazing... It's going to have its 2012, you know, like Facebook did moment, I think, and explode. Um, and there are unlimited it connections. Is. It's, it, oh, it well, is started. connections maximum, which is a lot. The yeah. average Instagram... Well, the average uh, income of a LinkedIn user is... 100k per year. Right, it's the it most to be a lot affluent less demographic. Than, say, yeah, Facebook and Instagram. So there's, I get more likes there. per day on LinkedIn that I can imagine mm-hmm. is possible, and so far, past all the other platforms, it's amazing. What you know, I read something before we talk about trends. I read something that really kind of caught my eye. It says Facebook's main problem isn't privacy, you know, because um, they get dinged lately on, on this whole privacy thing, the the, the intrusion in the 16 election, etc. It's relevance and trying to be everything at once. The social network um, ended up nothing at all. Okay, so Facebook's main problem isn't privacy; it's relevance. Okay, so how do you how do you see that? Because you know, Sean said before, you know, 2012 maybe Facebook took off, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like it it's there. But the millennial set and a lot of other folks just don't kind of focus on it anymore. I happen to prefer prefer Facebook to Instagram for a whole host of reasons. And as I've said on the show many times, it depends on who you are, and it depends on you know the age group of your buyers and sellers out there. I'm never selling anything probably on Instagram as much as I'm selling on Facebook, and then that's just a fact. So how true is it that they have a relevance problem these days? Well, I think that Facebook is really wonderful for engaging um, your already established following, so your friends and your family and your clients that you might be connected with on your personal Facebook page. But what is really difficult is to kind of establish that reach on a business page because it really requires you to invest a lot of money in your content and small businesses might not have the resources to do that. So I find that Yes, business pages are super saturated and your experience on Facebook is not as genuine and authentic and kind of natural as it is on Instagram. So I think that that's why a lot of agents that I work with kind of stay away from Facebook because it's so super saturated with content. Super saturated. That's that's a good way of putting it. So what do you see as the trends coming into or two months into the year already? Uh, trends across the social media platforms for 2020. What do you see? I think that What's video trending? is can, is going to continue to um, boom and, and be a very popular trend in 2020. It already is popular, but it's just going to continue to dominate the Instagram space. And I know we touched on TikTok, which is is definitely targeted <laughs> toward a, a much younger demographic. But Anna, again, listen. it it kind of <laughs> thanks, Vince. It, the focus is on video content and creating engaging video content. So I think we're going to see a lot more use of video and selling real estate and and telling the stories of homes and the people that live in them and the neighborhoods in which these homes are sold. So it's really all about telling stories through that really captivating. Um, and, and I agree. And we talked to, during the commercial break about one of our colleagues who just has it mastered. I mean, he just does an amazing job with his videos. And, you know, video has always been around, but I think it's it's a lot more popular these days than ever before um let's see where it trends i agree with you so uh, outside of videos anything in particular any any one platform going to be you know pop up to be like the 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 grand all of everything i mean i do i i've been i'm sure all of you have been reading that um tiktok is going to threaten the kind of presence and popularity of instagram but 
I'm not so sure about that. I don't know any real estate agents that Until are Facebook buys them like they did everything are else. Are using right? TikTok in in their business right now? Um, so it'll be interesting to see if you know that kind of pops up. But um, right now, I think Instagram and LinkedIn are going to continue to dominate this space. And I mean, Instagram, there's really an unlimited amount of of kind of tools and yeah. engagement that you can use to really to really develop your brand so I have a little tip on the Instagram thing which is you know like one out of five of my Instagram posts I would like to actually share on Facebook and rather than going through the whole posting and figuring out what belongs on Facebook just in the menu button share to your Facebook page and you that way you're not trying to come up with Mm -hmm. the original Facebook content it's organic and you're also not oversharing. And it's you know? random. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's, at your control I do that random. With every yeah. post, is that bad? <laughs> no, <laughs> I do. It's up to you know, it depends on what you're posting. But so I feel like some aspects I don't necessarily want to share with like the more friend family. Mm, right, yeah, yeah, that's and true. And they make it so easy, you know. Depending just, on where the tattoo is. Exactly. <laughs> My yeah, grandma, yeah. We're you gonna go. find out and I will be updating you after this uh, break. <laughs> Talk about a privacy issue that Facebook has. I don't know about that. That'll anyway. be Breeze's next story. Exactly. That go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to add to that, um, that really in addition to the trends um, topic, utilizing stories and people don't really realize that the algorithm is kind of what what feeds a lot of your exposure and engagement in terms of Instagram stories. So if you make a story more engaging um, and you really utilize some of the tools that stories have to offer, so either using a poll or, or having give your... A j- a j- a j- G- yeah. a sticker, a moving, yeah, sticker. Yes. Never know again. how to pronounce that. Yeah. I, 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 I called it a thingy the other day, and she politely corrected me, Ali. She said, yeah, okay, G-I-F, whatever, yeah. a sticker. <laughs> it's, it, it thingy sounds better thingy. to me. I don't if, know. if you use tools to uh, kind of invite your audience to spend more time engaging on your story, then your story is going to be continuously Correct. fed to the top of other people's feeds. So the more engaging your story is, the more people who are going to see it. So I think that stories are going to continue to be the number one tool within Instagram. And all of you should be using them on a daily basis. It's the best way to kind of really get your name in your face. Totally How long? 24 hours? Does it disappear? Yes, but then you can actually... After 24 hours, stories are archived. Yeah. They, they kind of go into the backbones of Instagram, and then you can pull those stories and archive them on your feed. So it kind of just elevates your feed and shows you that you have these buckets of content oh, um, that people can can use. Whether I didn't know about that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Anyway, moving on, we'll, we'll continue the social media talk. But moving on, that new voice you hear is Mike Lubin. He spent 15 exciting years working as a te- – see, and I didn't know this – working as a talent and literary agent in film, television, and theater in L.A. and New York. And the majority of time he was sp- he spent working at William Morris Agency. I mean, wow, I did not know this. Yeah. Uh, attending uh, it, though, events yeah. every year such as the Academy Awards, the Cannes Film Festival, and Sundance with his clients. He honed his skill in creative artist management and representation that he uses today in his marketing uh, and the sales of noteworthy properties here in New York City. Mike had the honor of being selected Rookie of the Year by Brown Harris Stevens in his first year at the firm and was recognized as one of New York's top real estate professionals in 2017 by the Wall Street Journal Real Trends, ranking 67th out of approximately 30,000 New York State licensed real estate agents for individual sales volume. 
Whoa. He's looking very modest right now, everybody. Yeah, he is. Tattoos and all. Ranked within the top 5% of all agents at Brown Harris Stevens for gross commissions earned. He is fortunate to sell properties all around Manhattan. We are fortunate to have him here today. Welcome to uh, the panel today. And, you know, I just love this panel, but every time we have special guests, it makes it even better. I'm just going to add to the fact that not only of of, of celebrating all of his success, but the kindness and generosity is always so present and and. Well, that's what makes one so successful. That means too. that means very, very uh, well. That uh, listen, but that, but that's what that's what you're right. That's what makes the world go round, and especially in our business. All right, you know. So I want to ask you quickly. You know, tell us about your appearance on the American Dream TV, and I know Louise had done uh, a, bit, a bit of that as well in the past. How did that come about? What are you doing? Seeing Louis, one of Louise's segments when you were visiting that gorgeous mansion that yeah. sort of inspired me to be on it because I think you had so much fun with it, and you let your personality come through. Mm. So. These are my mentors great in this TV. room as well, you know, so it, it's wonderful. Um, you know, we never know what extra thing we do is going to make a difference. You know, whether it's a holiday gift or a handwritten note, we don't know. You know, so I've always sort of been of the philosophy, try something new and it may work, it may not, but we want to experiment and have fun with it. And, you know, as Ali was saying, I think having as much of a video presence as possible is important. And even if for no other reason than <clears throat> if we're pitching something, we get to say, you know, I'm part of this, here's some content, here's a link to it. It's just another thing we can do to set us apart. And we don't have to be part of a show. It could very easily be, you know, a one-minute property tour, not only of a beautiful listing, but, you know, exp- you know, exposing us at that listing in some way. Just content. It's, and obviously, if we look at, like, the Netflix and the Amazon, it's, everything is about content. You know, and if you have the content, you find the audience. Um, so it's been fun. You know, I've had a great time with it. How, you know, in your business, and of course, you, you, you dabble in a lot of, you know, the high-end luxury stuff. So how, what are you seeing in the luxury market these days as far as uptick, kind of still flat, uh, prices coming down? What, what are you actually seeing well, in your I'll market? Tell you, I'm very happy to take a studio in Yorkville or Absolutely. walk up Absolutely. anywhere. I actually, I don't say no to anything, and it's often... Um, you know, maybe a lower price point. I love working with first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. Those are often the experiences that I think they're actually my favorites. Us, yeah, you yeah. know, and um, and remind us not to take anything for granted. Exactly. You know, my thought has always been if I could pay one month of my son's private school tuition, you know, or one month of maintenance on our, you know, then it's worth it. You know, so I've always felt that way. Um, I definitely feel that buyers are looking at value. At any price point, you know, I think they still feel that it's a buyer's market and it's only going to continue to be one and prices are going down. And of course, the sellers feel like everything is stabilized and we're on an uptick. You know, so everyone has their own narrative, um, but certainly value across the board Mm -hmm. and not being shy about making a quote unquote a low offer, you know, because we don't really know where our sellers, our sellers will go and encouraging our buyers to you know, start at what may have been concerned as, you know, a low ball offer. There is no such thing. I'm thrilled to get an offer on any listing. However, there is a trend that's happening right now that's happened from the third week of December to now where, you know, if you're the third wife of a listing, yeah. which I have a couple of those, mm-hmm. which is where the they came on the market right. yeah. more than a half a million dollars more yep. and that when you drop that price, it's all about 
you know, preparation, presentation, and pricing. Can I and have that, to tell you something about it? No one we, we, is we, more studied. Let's hold it till after yeah. the break. Sorry, hard stop. We are live from Smash Studios in Hudson right. Yards. We'll come back, guys. You're listening to Voice America Talk Radio Network. Don't go away. More with everyone right after this break. Easy, no one is. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Okay, everybody, we are back with Anna Shagalov, Sean Atterbury, Louise Phillips-Forbes, Mike Lubin, and Ali Rubenstein. So, to all of the group, I'm seeing a little bit more of an uptick in energy these days mm-hmm. out there. What are you all seeing? I think, I mean, in terms of the data... Um, what it suggests is that the lower end, uh, lower end, under two million, and certainly under one million, there is an uptick. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that in my own business, and that's why, as you said, you don't say no to stuff like that. That's one, right. you're creating a relationship, Absolutely. you're helping a client. It might be the child or a friend of a client, or I've done that. And that segment, when things are priced right, you said this uh, months ago, Vince. Who said if something is priced right, it will fly. Yeah. And that segment, that's still true. And there is, I think, more excitement there. I think people, you know conceptually get that and understand that agents certainly do but you know I, I'm I when I say energy I'm seeing a little more that sellers are kind of buying off on that now where it took them almost two years to realize hey we're in a state of flux we're kind of flatline we're going down a little bit mm-hmm. 
But now as I talk to sellers, they seem to be, and my fingers are you know doubly crossed here, to be understanding of that fact because if they don't want to linger on the marketplace, got to put the right price. And but it's just the way it is. There's also history behind it and, and four they, they years of four history. Years of history. <laughs> yes. And they can't, they're not at a space anymore that they can deny what's Correct. happening. And if they want to be a well, seller can, in this then, market, right. then you have to, number one, trust your broker. Mm-hmm. Number one. Mm-hmm. And if anyone sitting at this table, not every broker, going, not a, well, mm-hmm. that's what I said. Everyone sitting at this table is, you know, is going to straight shoot it. And you're not going to just, we're not going to just say what you want to hear, but you have to understand that we come from a place of, of, of experience and, and, and market understanding. And we are, we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. We're trying to, that's the part that I, they kind of forget sometimes. Yeah. And I also think that from my own experience that, Really, you have to advise your individuals that you're working with to shut the noise out yeah. and think about Absolutely. what's right for you mm-hmm. and your family and 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 where they're going or where they don't need to go mm-hmm. is part of the equation. So, you know, I have people that want to upgrade. So if you're upgrading, it's the long buy. So if you pay $50,000 more than you quote unquote think you should, yeah which I'm in a bidding war right now. By the way, there are five offers. Mm. We're paying $140,000 above our asking price. Wow. Shh, don't tell anyone. It's due <laughs> at 12 o'clock today. But 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 the truth is is that that's the right play. It's a 10 to 15-year play for this family. Well said, Weezy, because you know what? That's true. You, you know, you're going to be there for a long time. Yeah. And, I did and the, the market's analysis, going to change four times probably. Talking about numbers, we were talking about numbers. So I walked them through everything along Riverside Drive and what that was when it was four and a half million at the peak of the market and where it is today at yeah. three and a half million and, how long and it's why the opportunity and, yeah. is there. That's right. yeah. I saw something I was listening to um, uh, Talking Manhattan, which is another podcast here in New York by Urban Diggs. And one of the questions he asked somebody recently was, are buyers overeducated and are they getting themselves confused? And it's something that I've always said, you know, going way back, even, you know, during stronger markets, I think the, you know, introduction of all these wonderful websites that, you know, we here in the, in the room can't stand, but they're all out there and they've got lots and lots of data. And so our buyers and our renters are looking at this stuff. And I do sometimes think they're getting an education, but I think sometimes they're getting overeducated because they're getting confused. As Anna said before, you know, Work with the right brokers who can guide you through all of the minutiae. Do you feel the same way? I think that buyers are, they're very educated, which I actually love working with an educated buyer. Get out there, go to the open houses, get to know what you like. What I'm finding, though, is that so many buyers are not as location driven Mm -hmm. as they used to be. They're looking for a very, they're looking for the best deal. They're looking for, they're very opportunistic. And that's what makes it really confusing because they're telling you they love this neighborhood, but you can get a better deal in this Mm -hmm. other neighborhood. And, but they don't love that neighborhood, but, and, and they're, they're, they're talking themselves into a corner time and time and time again. After a while, they get to that place with the guidance of a good broker and I'm um, doing deals. I mean, buyers are coming out at every price point and asking questions mm-hmm. and, and going back to things they saw months ago because they're still there. But they're the. I think I think maybe the two million and under are the mm-hmm. ones that are just so location scattered. That's you know what I'm not hearing anymore because I agree with you on 100. percent But what I'm not hearing anymore is well, I have to be close to the subway. You know, after all, I got to go to work. I have to do this. The advent of all these car services and, mm-hmm. and vias and, and Ubers and stuff. The Q train actually helped mm-hmm. a lot. And even yes. the Q train, absolutely it did. So, you know, that has kind of been alleviated a little bit and people are a lot more flexible because I don't really think it's about location too much 
anymore either. I agree with that. Let's talk a little bit with the few minutes we have left on the show. You know, the drama that ensued at the end of last week with this new rental law where landlords who hire an agent to list their apartment now has to pay them. Tenants running around out there now mm. do not have to pay uh, a fee. So if you're a, uh, an, a tenant agent, you have to try and collect your own fee, but that may not work anymore because the, the, the mantra is no more fees. No more fees on the rental side. The now, rent is too damn high. The rent, well, and as I read at the top of the show, you know, there's a little bit of a um, stay of execution here because we've gotten a delay yeah, mm-hmm. until March 13th. Totally, yeah. it, well, it, it makes it worse, actually, it so is what I worse, think of yeah. because people, yeah, but the you know, tr- they, they hear the first it makes us headline and that's all and it is. That's well, not yes, yeah. but but I think it's also our responsibility to, to explain what is going on. At the end of the day, if you are Starbucks and you have invested and and created an opportunity and a supply and demand and then to be saying that you can't tip your barista right. it's just not acceptable right. and there are ways of doing business i just think that no, it's no no you're the right government i think in you're this case right. you know unless uh, you i'm not a libertarian but maybe they should not have stuck their nose in this i mm-hmm. think their intention may have been hey let's help the renters but ultimately it's going to hurt Uncon- uh, an yes. owner will say oh well i'll just absorb that fee by raising the rent right. 400 bucks right. a month if somebody stays there five years, that's twenty-five grand. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't somebody rather pay just a five thousand dollar initial broker? Fee? You know these lawmakers and these these local councilmen and whatever else is going on in Albany. I'd like to see how they would feel if we had our hands in their pocket. We're, before, <clears throat> we're providing a service. You know, it's yeah. uh, you know there's a you know the perception that we're opening a door and that's the entire. <laughs> it is so complicated and so nuanced on so many different levels. We're being compensated for. A necessary, you know, critical service. Well, that nobody, that that the majority of people out there, especially the younger set, do not appreciate, do not understand. Half the and time we're comparing board packages for a yeah. rental, you know, yeah. and it's like yeah. a yeah. Ah, bingo, bingo. And then everything will yeah. interfacing with the bingo. Owner. That's right. It's, well, it's too much disruption too soon, and I think they did not think it through. Well, I know. think it's an overall problem. I mean, I think we you know, we started last year with you know demonstrations down at City Hall. I mean, it just seems to me like you know the last year. With all the changes in this uh, in this industry, and I don't, you know, listen, I don't know where it's going to end. I know where it's begun, but I don't know where it's going to end, and I don't think it's going to end pretty. And I think we're in for a lot more this year. But yep. we're on that on that note, unfortunately, we have to end the show. That is our broadcast for today. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter on Facebook, on Instagram, at Vince Rocco. We are back next week because if it is Tuesday morning, it is Good Morning New York Real Estate. Shoot for the moon, everyone. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Be kind to one another. And for all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining us, and I'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.